So this morning, I'd like to uh, talk about a subject that there's uh, a lot of different uh, thoughts and views on, and, and I don't think we will exhaust it this morning, but we'll look at some points about, about baptism and a few things I'd like to bring out about it. And again, I won't exhaust the study. There's, uh, you may have other questions and thoughts, but uh, we'd like to talk about this morning. And some of the things I'd like to discuss is, is water baptism necessary? And Bill, as I told you before, and to the congregation as well, uh, whenever the Lord brought me back to this congregation as an adult, I, uh, I, didn't, I didn't want to be baptized in front of people. And uh, so I looked at scriptures that, uh, you know, bab- baptism with the Holy Spirit. And then I was thinking, well, if baptism with the Holy Spirit, then water baptism is not, not necessary. So uh, uh, I want to discuss that to see, well, is water baptism unnecessary? And then what's it for? What is, what is baptism, what is water baptism for? I uh, like that to maybe bring up some questions, maybe answer some questions for that. And who is baptism for? What's it for, then? Who's it for, I guess? Uh, may touch on who can perform it. Uh, I know one time, one of the Bible conferences in, in Florida, some kids in the pool playing around, and they were baptizing one another. Is that uh, acceptable baptism? Uh, Laura's not here this morning, but her brother used to, whenever they were swimming, he'd like to dunk her under the water. Is that baptism? Who can, who can perform a baptism? You know, we have uh, a, a lot of people that, uh, uh, like respectable people that can do certain things, uh, you know, with the police and fire department and, and judges and, and things like that. Can they perform baptism is that okay or muslims or buddhists or uh or the pope who can perform it can just anybody do that so first of all uh is water baptism scriptural and like i said i did not want it to be but uh uh is it scriptural so luke chapter 3 uh, was a scripture, one of the scriptures that I looked to. And let me mention baptism. Uh, the, uh, one of the Greek definitions of uh, baptizo is to make overwhelmed or fully wet, to cover with fluid. And I remember as Brother Olson baptized me, one of the things he said was, I have to get you all the way under. We were in a little creek out here on, uh, I used to call it the Wilger Stretch, where we used to drag race and everything, and there wasn't a lot of water there, but he said, I've got to get you all the way under. So he believed fully immersion. I didn't do the sprinkling or anything like that. Uh, so uh, Luke uh, chapter 3, and verse 16. 
John answered, saying unto them all, I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I cometh, the latchet of whose shoes I am not worthy to loose. He shall baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. So there are other scriptures along this line that I latched on to. I thought, okay, I don't have to be baptized by water baptism. It's talking about this baptism with the Holy Spirit. Uh, but then we find examples, and, and I'll give one example in Acts chapter 8. We can find many examples after baptism with the Holy Spirit that uh, there was water baptism. Acts 8 and 12 is, is one place. Uh, says that, uh, but when they believed Philip, so we have believers, but when they believed Philip's preaching of the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, and they were baptized, both men and women. So here, this is uh, after the baptism with the Holy Spirit. We have individuals here that they were believers and believed in the teaching of Jesus Christ, not the Mosaic Law. Believed in the teaching of Jesus Christ, and they were baptized. So this was water baptism after the baptism with the Holy Spirit. So my hopes were, were dashed there, and I, I saw, uh, or the Lord calls me to see, the truth was about the baptism. Yes, water baptism. Uh, in the scriptures, they continued. Uh, you know, Philip baptized a eunuch. This was after uh, the uh, baptism with the Holy Spirit. Peter baptized after. Paul baptized. So water baptism was still practiced and uh, uh, actually commissioned of the Lord to continue to do that. Water baptism. Baptism with the Holy Spirit took place also, but water baptism still took place after that. So much to my disliking then, water baptism uh, is still scriptural and true. Uh, So then who, who can perform it then? So we see it's definitely scriptural. It's true. So who can perform uh, water baptism? Again, can just anyone do it? Uh, or do you have to have a certain authority? Matthew chapter 28 we see certainly that authority was given for this. So in the uh, last chapter, Matthew chapter 28, and uh, let's start in verse 16. Then the eleven disciples went away to Galilee and to a mountain where Jesus had appointed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and spoke unto them, saying, All authority or power, 
All authority is given unto me in heaven and earth. So he says, I've been given this authority or power. I, I, I really don't care which you would use, but, uh, but all authority is given to me. In heaven and earth. So he says, okay, I've got this authority. Now look at verse 19. Go ye, therefore, and teach all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father, Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So he says, I've been given this authority. Now I give you this authority to go and baptize. Now when you say baptize or say, go therefore teach all nations, I think a good way of looking at it is, okay, have we reached every nation you know, early on, it was God of Israel. Those Gentiles were dogs. Or, and then later, but well, those Samaritans, those half-breeds there, surely wouldn't go there. No, what he's saying is, there's not anywhere I don't want you to go. So that's the teaching there, not that you have to hit every nation. Certainly, that would be desirable. But uh, there's not any, anybody, any group that I do not want you to teach. That's what he's saying there. So you go and you teach. Of course, teach what? Well, what we read earlier, teach about Jesus Christ. And then baptizing them, baptizing the ones that believe. And maybe we'll go ahead and put this in there too. So who's going to believe? Acts 13, 48, all that was ordained to eternal life believed. So that's who will be baptized. All those ordained to eternal life, that's the ones going to be believed. So go ye therefore, teach all nations, baptizing them in the name uh, of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So this is a water baptism. This is not a baptism uh, with the Holy Spirit. And it says, teach them to observe all things. Whatever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So, he's given this authority to his church. And you won't see him giving this authority to anyone else. Given to his church, and then, of course, passed down from church to church all the way until this day and age. Uh, So it's not given to any man. I don't have authority. Well, what if somebody then uh, say, well, okay, let's just go out here and we'll start a church. And that way we'll be tax exempt. With no authority, just we're going to start a church. And you can, legally you can do that with our government. You can just start a church. And now you're tax exempt. I, I've known, I think, some organization that seemed that to be their intent, but I, I, I won't judge on that because I, I don't know. But anyway, so would they have authority to baptize? Well, he gave authority to his church, to his in, uh, so to speak. So it's not just for anyone. So water baptism is scriptural, and only his church has been given authority to baptize, 
to this water baptism. So I think a big question is, well, what's it for? What's the purpose of baptism? I think that is a, a, a big question. Many believe that you take, so I'll use sheep and goats as an example because that we have it in the scripture some, maybe not be the best example, but many believe you take a goat, you baptize him, you turn him into a sheep. Or you take one that's on the way to the lake of fire and you baptize them, now they're on the way to heaven. So there's many that, that believe that way. And there's scriptures that would cause us to, to look at that and, and ask that question. So do we, is that the purpose of baptism? Does it take a goat and turn him into a sheep of God's fold? Is that the purpose of baptism? Is that what it does? You know, if, if that's what it does, then we should physically force people to be baptized. I mean, take them, overpower them, stick them down in the water, if that's what it does. Don't believe that's what it does. And many, many reasons. They say, well, but baptism saves you. And we understand from some of the scriptures, and we'll look at those. But I ask a question, though. If I ask you, who is our Savior? You wouldn't start naming a bunch of different names or things. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. To say that baptism would give us eternal life, would be taking away from what Jesus said he was. So, we can go to the scriptures and, and some will say, well, baptism saves you. And that is true. But what does it save you from? That's, that's I think, the question we have to look at. And not only what does it save you from, but exactly how does it do it? So I, I want to look at that in uh, 1 Peter chapter 3. First Peter chapter 3. And uh, let's just go to, to verse 21. The like figure unto which even baptism doth also now save us. Not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So clearly baptism does save some way, something. Because that's what it says. Baptism does save us. So how does it, how does it save us? I know how Jesus Christ saves us. By his shed blood. So does, if, if we look at baptism saving us from the lake of fire, then why did Jesus 
have to suffer the things that he suffered. So, uh, baptism, uh, it says, even, uh, even so doth also now, or baptism doth also now save us. So, how does baptism save us? I mean, clearly it does, but how and, and, and from what? Acts 22 and verse 16. And now why tarriest thou? Arise and be baptized and wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord. So now we see uh, a baptism again. We see it saving. Now talk about washing away uh, sins. I've heard people uh, say, well, yeah, when you're baptized, you can just watch that water and watch your sin being washed away. I heard... Uh, there was a uh, baptism that took place out in Sims Creek uh, out in the country and a bunch of people standing up on the bridge and so this individual baptized and come up out of the water and said, oh, I've seen Jesus. And one old timer there, he said, no, it wasn't. It was a big snapping turtle because I saw it. So I don't, <laughs> I don't know about that and about the sins, seeing the sins floating down through uh, Sims Creek or not. But clearly we've seen baptism saves in some manner and was the way of sins in some manner. We can't deny that. It's certainly in there. But in what manner? Because, see, if, you, if we just look at it that way, then are we taking away the purpose of Jesus? Some say, well, baptism washes away your past sins, and then it's up to you to uh, live above sin the rest of your life. But can baptism give forgiveness of sin? Water baptism. Can it give the forgiveness of sins? Can baptism pay for your sins? I think we need to think about that. We have a couple things before us. Talked about saving. Talked about washing away sins. I understand that. We need to look at those things. But we need to ask some questions first. Can baptism, can water baptism really give the forgiveness of sins? Can baptism pay for your sins? I'm going to read a couple scriptures, and uh, I think they're very important scriptures. Matthew uh, 26, and this was uh, referring to his blood and, and also the Lord's Supper, which we're scheduled to uh, take this evening. Matthew 26 and, uh, and 28. 
he said, the Lord says, for this is my blood of the New Testament. Now, as we take the Lord's Supper this evening, Lord willing, we understand as we, we use the wine, the unleavened, the, the wine, and we understand it's not really the blood, it's the representation of the blood of Jesus Christ. So he says, this is my blood of the New Testament. Now, what did the blood of the New Testament do? Which is shed for many for the remission of sins. So he's talking about this is a representation of his blood. And what's the importance of his blood? It was shed for the remission of sins. So can being baptized, can that be remission for sins? Not according to this. If, if baptism could be for the remission of sins, then Jesus Christ didn't have to shed his blood. So, can baptism pardon or forgive sins? Well, this says the blood of Christ, or he said, Christ himself. Talking about his blood which is shed for many for the remission of sins. I don't think you can say baptism, water baptism can do that. If so, Christ didn't have to shed his blood, but he did. And in Hebrew chapter 9 is, a, is another good one. Uh, Hebrew chapter 9. And uh, so, you know, we look at the, the law of Moses and everything, which, which is types and shadows of Christ. You know, whether you look at the priesthood, if you look at the... the the, uh, the high priest that offered up the sacrifices, if you look at the sacrifices themselves. So it, it was all a, a pointing to Jesus Christ in the law of Moses, if the Lord had opened our eyes to that. But here in uh, Hebrew 9 and uh, 22, says, And almost all things were by the law purged with blood. And without the shedding of blood is no remission. So baptism, I know it's types and shadows as well, but it's a literal baptism, water baptism, but it doesn't give remission of sins. That's what the blood of Jesus Christ did. Now, it was typified by all the, the uh, sacrifices that were offered to bulls and goats and lambs and so forth, but says without that, there's no remission of sins. So, water baptism does not give remission of sins. That's what Jesus Christ's blood did. So, we read about baptism washing away of sins. There has to be something to that. It's in the scriptures. It has to be true. But we also know, and, I, and Bill's going to ask you to sing uh, the song, uh, what, can wash, what Can Wash Away My Sins? Nothing but the blood. And I believe that to be true. I believe there's a, 
We can't sing all the songs in that book because they're not all true. I believe that one to be true. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood. So we've read about baptism and washing away of sins and baptism saving. So there's something to that. But we understand, we want to understand what is not. The blood of Jesus Christ washes away our sins. The blood of Jesus Christ is remission for our sins. The blood of Jesus Christ paid for our sins. So what about the baptism and, and the washing and so forth? Let's, well, let me say it and then I'll try to have an example. So baptism is a, a a type of washing away of sins. In other words, it's, it's taking something away. And if we look at the definition of the word washing, uh, it comes from two or three different Greek words. But uh, one is wash fully, uh, departure or separation. So we look at washing, there's a, there's a separation. And uh, also, another word there, uh, uh, that washing, comes from logos, it means something said, a topic or tiding or communication. And, and I like to think of that communication as well. That's part of this washing. This washing, uh, you know, baptism washing. And so we hear the word communication in there. And you think, well, how, do, how does that fit in there? Well, I think it fits very well. So let me, let, how about, let's look at baptism for a second. We know, we know the blood of Jesus Christ washed away our sins. We know that's a remission for our sins. We know that. So how, what about baptism, this washing, whether it be through communication or whatever, separation? How does that, how does that separate us from sin? I know, I know what Christ's blood did. I know it paid for it. Our sins are remitted in Jesus Christ. So what about... How does baptism do this washing, this separating? Think about it in this way for a moment. Rather than washing away or separating past sins, think about it for a moment washing or separating by communication future sins. And may, I'll try to give an earthly example if, if I can. And again, it's an earthly example just, just to compare to. We've got all kinds of vaccines out now. Uh, flu vaccines and measles vaccines, all these. And, and we may debate on where they work, where they don't. Well, let's go back to polio vaccines. I think we all believe that, that they work because we don't have polio around much anymore, do we? Or smallpox or anything like that. So if you had polio or if you had smallpox and you get the vaccine, uh, Claire May, our, our medical expert, went downstairs on us, but, but that doesn't cure it. That doesn't cure smallpox or that doesn't cure polio, that vaccine. But taken, it prevents, and again, I know it's not a perfect example, but it prevents you in the future. It separates you from in the future from getting a smallpox. 
or, uh, or, or any of those vaccines, that's the purpose of them. It doesn't cure the disease. It's a prevention of you getting that disease in the future. Another example, and I, and I don't do well with, with examples, but I, uh, I was thinking of speeding tickets, and it's probably about time for me to get one. It's been a, uh, a few years. And I think the last one I got, having a Bible conference, and I was uh, going to go pick up pizzas to take into the hotel. We were going to have everything there that evening. And got caught in Cold Grove, going down that hill. <laughs> anyway, I got caught for speeding. And the, and the speeding ticket... So I had to pay the price, that time $117. So I had to pay the price, and the price was $117. But what would prevent me from future speeding tickets? And again, I know I have poor examples sometimes, but cruise control. <laughs> so it took something to pay for it. But what about a prevention of future ones? And I know this is not a good example, but cruise control would. Set my cruise control at 35 when I start down that hill and going through Cold Grove. That would prevent future speeding uh, episodes or whatever. So, if you will for a moment, look at baptism in that light. I know we're talking about uh, uh, washing away, this washing, a, a separation and even by communication, and, and that, will, that will make sense if I get to it. Uh, but this washing, separation by communication. So, uh, as we look at that, uh, for a moment, Baptism separates from future sins. Now, they had to be paid for by the blood of Jesus Christ. And the blood of Jesus Christ washes away my sin, paid for, separated. But then this baptism, there's something there. There's some, there's some kind of a, a, a washing away of sins or a, a separation of sins. But look at it as future sins as the cruise control or vaccine would do. John chapter 13, and uh, I wanted to get this finished in one lesson, but I don't know that I'm going to be able to do that. John chapter 13. So we see, a, actually we see a washing here. And it's a representation of something coming as well. I, I call it the uh, parable of foot washing. Uh, he literally washed their feet, but it was a representation of something. And I won't have time to go through all of it. Let's start in verse 4. It said, He, Jesus Christ, rises from supper, lay aside his garments, took a towel, gird himself. After that, he pours water to a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and, and to wipe them with a towel with which he was girded. Then, cometh, or then he cometh to Simon Peter, and Peter said unto him, Lord, dost thou wash my feet? 
Jesus answered and said to him, What I do that what I do thou knowest not now. But thou shalt know hereafter. Peter said to him, Thou shalt never wash my feet. And feet being his walk. Jesus answered him, If that if I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but my hands and my head and everything. Jesus said to him, He that is washed needeth not except to wash his feet, but he is entirely clean, and you are clean, but not all of you. So, is this just teaching humility? And we haven't taught about that for a long time. Some say, well, that's just teaching humility, that you would... You would go and you would wash somebody's feet. That teaches humility. Who is this benefiting here? The one that's doing the washing? That would be, if humility was it, that would be, that, Claire May, that would be who would be benefiting. Uh, wash somebody's feet and that shows my humility. But the one that benefits here is the one that's being washed. Their walk was being washed. That's the ones that, that was benefited here. But he told him, he said, you, you don't know what I'm doing now. Told Peter, you don't know what I'm doing now. If it's just a, a physical washing, they would know. But he said, you don't know. But verse 19 says, Now I tell you before it come, that when it is come to pass, you may believe that I am he. So the event that he was teaching here and the foot washing was all about him, well, this baptism with the Holy Spirit, actually, about what was going to take place on the day of Pentecost. So it says that he rose from supper. Of course, our Lord Jesus Christ resurrected, went to glory. And it says he took a pitcher and poured it into a basin. And we may, and we may not either. But on the day of Pentecost... The water, the Holy Spirit, was poured into that church, that body. And this is a picture, that's what this is a picture of. That Jesus resurrected and the Holy Spirit was poured into this body, into this church. And I just don't have time, but I do want to continue this. And the importance and what this what this does. So this is a picture of this baptism with the Holy Spirit where he poured the Holy Spirit into the church, into his body. And so by this being in the body, the Holy Spirit, what does it do? And I was going to bring a little lead strap this morning uh, we use for our dogs. Uh, we Actually, our dogs lead us around. We don't have them broke. They can do some tricks, but leading, we haven't taught them too much. So they, they kind of lead us around. But anyway, but a lead strap. But we can lead them to certain places. Uh, if we saw some snakes over here or something, we would lead them safely away from that. And that's what this comfort does that he placed in the church on the day of Pentecost. It leads, guides, and directs into all truth. So you say, well, now you're talking about the Holy, uh, baptism with the Holy Spirit. Well, what the water baptism then, how does, that, how does that come in there? 
So this, this being under leadership of this comforter, this Holy Spirit, that was on the day of Pentecost was, placed, was poured into that church. We, we understand its importance because there it leads God and directs into all truth. So how do we have connection to that Holy Spirit? I mean, it's placed in the body of Christ in the church. How do we have connection to that? Well, the scripture says, as many as baptized into Christ have put on Christ. And I want to talk about that some more as well. Uh, you can read about uh, there was some that was, uh, Paul said, have you received the Holy Spirit since you're baptized? Well, we don't know anything about any Holy Spirit. Well, we'll try to talk about that when we next bring this up. So anyway, just for now, and I apologize, I just didn't get through it and bring everything out. But we know the Lord Jesus Christ saves. We know what his blood does. We know baptism doesn't do that. But yet, baptism does something. We see about the saving, this washing away. So we want to, certainly it, it does, but look at it as washing away or separating by communication from the future sins. Like a vaccine would separate you from getting this disease. It doesn't cure it, it separates you from getting that disease. So look at baptism, water baptism in that light. That's how it, it saves, that how it, that's how it washes away. Don't get it confused with what the blood of Jesus Christ has done. So, Lord willing, we'll take us up again at a later date, maybe tonight or, or next Sunday. And Lord bless the speaking of his word.